You are listening to a sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. In 2 Thessalonians 2, after having told the brethren of the surety of the return of the Lord and the surety of judgment, dealing out retribution, uh, bringing punishment to those who don't know God and those who don't obey the gospel of Christ, it turns out that there was a, either a secondary doctrine or a corollary doctrine that was going with that that was disturbing some folks. So we've had the certainty of the resurrection. And now in one of the few places in the New Testament where uh, we're told a, a time indication a sure time indication regarding the second coming. What we're going to find out is that Paul is, says, Paul is going to say, not right now. Normally today, whenever somebody has any information they claim or any teaching they claim about the timing of the final coming, when do they say it's going to be? Boy, it's going to be right now. It's going to be this fall. It's going to be in this calendar year. And it's going to be pretty soon. I, I've always wondered, uh, you know, why somebody doesn't come up with a doctrine. It, it, I think I could make something plausible out of this, that uh, we had about 4,000 years of, of history of God preparing uh, for the church. Um, and then we're going to have at least that long of the church age before Christ comes back. And we've had 2,000 years. So we're going to have at least 2,000 more. And so everybody get ready around the year 4,000. I'm expecting the Lord's return. Or I make, maybe make some doctrine that, uh, you know, with the Lord, a day is 1,000 years, 1,000 years a day. Uh, we had six days of creation. And then we had God rest for a seventh. So we have a full week. And uh, we've had this time of preparation. And now we have Christ come. And we're going to have a full millennial week of the, return, of the age of the church. So we're going to have 6,000 years of Christianity and then a 1,000-year reign in the millennial Sabbath in the, you know, the year 6,000 to 7,000. And so everybody be ready for the return of the Lord around the year 6,000. Now, I think I can make at least as plausible a case for either one of those two type of theories as people have made for other theories they've made up about premillennialism, and other things by literalizing some passages and by ignoring others and setting calendars and dates and the like. But the excitement is always generated by when, is, when are they saying the return is going to be? Right now. Right now. The biggest outcome of that or outpouring of that ever was 1843, the year that many people didn't plant their crops because they didn't think they'd be around when harvest came. Guess what happened in the winter of 43 and the spring of 44 of 1800? A lot of those people were going hungry. All right, so if I gave a theory that the Lord's going to return in the year 4,000, just two short millennia from now, or he's going to return in the year 6,000, just four short millennia from now, there's one thing I don't think I'd be able to do, and that's gin up a lot of excitement for something 4,000 years in the future, Right? And so most theories and most teaching, most theories and most teaching about the second coming of the Lord is never about the far future. 
It's never a millennia or more away. It's always right now. But here's the Apostle Paul. And do you know when he tells these brethren that the coming of the Lord is going to be? He's telling them it's going to be for you guys yet a long time off. Now, having said that, I think by now, a long time off from Paul's perspective and the things that Paul is going to prophesy have come and gone and passed. But I think one of the marks of truth is you say things even when it doesn't gin up excitement. Even when the truth of a thing actually tampers down excitement. And here comes Paul to tell them the truth of a thing. And he says, you know what? There's a certainty of the resurrection. That's chapter 1. But it's not going to be for a bit. That's chapter 2. So verse 1. And we note the nice form, polite request way that Paul asked uh, the brethren to receive this instruction. Now we request of you brethren... With regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together with him. Oh boy, we get, Jesus is coming, we're going to be with him. Yes, don't be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by, a, by spirit or message or letter as if from us to the effect the day of the Lord has come. Well, hold on. I thought this was always future. Well, it turns out there's a few heresies that says it's been already passed. I can think of one today or two, uh, but they were suffering from some kind of heresy that said the Lord already came back and got his own, and if you're still here, guess what? You must not have been one of them. So don't be shaken. Let no one in any way deceive you, verse 3. For it will, will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. The one who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself to be God. Do you not remember when I was with you, I was telling you these things? You know what restrains him, so that his time may be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains him will do so until he's taken out of the way. And then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end at the appearance of his coming. So, yeah, the Lord's coming back. In chapter 1 and chapter 2, both the Lord's coming back. In chapter 2, though, Paul says, don't get upset about thinking you've missed it. As a matter of fact, there's quite a few things that have to happen first. Now, we'll mention in future lessons a couple of different ideas as to what those things are that will have to happen. And uh, I do think from our perspective, the, the main three possibilities, I think it is, have already happened. There's one of a future antichrist in the premillennial theory yet, but I don't think that's it. But it's interesting here. It's one of the few passages that give us definite time indications of the full-on second coming of Christ. And for these folks, they're told things have to happen that haven't happened. Now, from our perspective, and I'll just go ahead and spoil this for you, what has to happen that hasn't happened? I don't think there's any left. So I do think we live in the time where it could be in any place because these things that Paul prophesied have uh, yet come and gone because they certainly appear to be already at work in his own day. But what do we certainly know? 
whether we have any understanding about the time or we have a great confusion about the time, and we might stand anywhere in between those two points, what should we not do? Well, not be shaken, not be disturbed, but understand the Lord Jesus is coming and we'll be gathered to him when he comes. And so if that hasn't happened yet, and it hasn't, rest assured that it will. So for tonight, we'll just take from the first two verses that part. Rest assured that he's coming to gather his own. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.